Hannah's in Pinehurst. At Pinehurst? In Pinehurst? Is it a place or is it the golf course? And George is in Portugal. So it's just me and you today, I'm afraid. Well, I don't have a passport at the moment, so I can't go anywhere. Thank you. Half a million queue. If you go and join the queue at Dover and apply for your passport, by the time you get to the front of the queue, you should have it. Some satire there. We'll keep that in because it was good, even though you're not laughing. keeping it current i like it right should we should we talk about some golf apparently there was some and there, there is... was some i thought it was actually a really i mean obviously i was holed up in bed so i watched probably more golf than i ever would on a sunday um, some golf and you were and you were uh, and you were in the pub well there were some really nice stories wasn't there so there was richie ramsey getting over the line for the first time in when was his last win 2015 so it's just i think it's his third or fourth title on the European tour, first since 2015, very emotional, uh, and on a proper golf course at Hillside as well. You and I have both played Hillside. We both absolutely love it. So that was quite fun to watch. Uh, there was Darren Clark getting over the line for his. So he's got a senior open now and an open. Uh, that was at Glen Eagles. I'm not really sure how I feel about the women's open and the senior open being played on non-links golf courses. It sort of feels like it should follow the open in being on a links course. Or I don't know if I'm just being silly. How do you feel about that? The women's open is being held on a links course. No, sorry, I, but it's not always, is it? Like it was held at Woburn for thousands of years. And... It's it's more or less now on the open rotor. There, there are some deviations. I think it's at Walton Heath next year, I think. But yeah, it tends to do... no. Yeah, Walton Heath, then St Andrews, is it? But it tends to do sort of St Andrews, Carnoustie. Now it's doing Muirfield this year, so Lytham, obviously where Georgia Hall won. So I was trying cool. to the four people who'd won both the Open and the Senior Open. I'm assuming that one of them's Gary Player and another one's probably Jack. It's a really good question. Maybe we should just ask our listeners, listener, to write in players who won the Open and the Senior Open. Well, he's the fourth now, isn't he? Tom, Someone, Tom Watson. Tom Watson won the senior open. Surprise, it wasn't Tom Watson. I'm going to pretend I'm not Googling it. While Googling it. While Googling it. Poor old Richie Ramsey. I'm glad we got to see the winning putt. Um, if for those of you like don't have the red button, watching the golf across now TV was quite a challenge. Frustrating. We, I mean, I basically got to see Richie Ramsey's <clears throat> winning putt because... It rained at Glen Eagles. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen any of that. I don't know whether the weather put people off, but there was there, there didn't seem to be a huge number of crowds. I mean, Ramsey seemed to be playing to basically one person and their dog at Hillside. Yeah, it was a surprise because Hillside, last time, uh, it was the British Masters, wasn't it, a couple of years ago, held at Hillside, and it was absolutely rammed. So, and, and like I said, it's like it's a really popular part of the world in which to go and watch golf. I mean, we were we were talking last week and we were saying to well, we were saying to George, weren't we? Because he's, you know, fresh to the scene. And we were saying, you know, wait till you get to a Northwest Open next year because they are absolutely bonkers. Like Birkdale is always bonkers. Lytham is always bonkers. Hoylake is always bonkers. So I'm surprised that the, the crowds weren't there. But I, I mean, I, I turned off the senior open annoyingly because I thought it was going to go to a Monday because I'm sure when when they rain, when it rained off, 
for a bit when they pulled them off the course they were on like the 13th hole or something like that and i was just thinking well they're not finishing because i was looking out my window and going well it's dark and then brooke winning again that was very cool wasn't it that was such a fun end to that tournament i was absolutely gobsmacked to learn that she's still only 24 i mean because they they obviously mentioned that it was six years since her first major victory and you're sort of thinking god how old is she now how old am I? <laughs> and then, and then you look and she's only 24. I mean, it's bonkers, isn't it? young in the women's game, don't they? <clears throat> How did Lexi Thompson start at 12 when she first well, qualified exactly. for US Open? Yeah, 24. She's been around forever, hasn't she? Well, there's that crazy stat about Lexi, isn't there, where she's played in like 50 or 60 US Opens or something like that, and she's only, she's still only like 24, 25 or whatever she is. It's like not even 30. Ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was a good tournament. <clears throat> Made even better by that spectator nicking Nelly Corder's ball. And then was... like presenting it to the marshal. Like, what do I do with this? You put it back. That's what you do. I can't get my head around why you would go and do something. You're at a golf tournament. There is you're standing by a hole on which there is golf being played. A golf ball lands next to you and you go, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pick that up. Speaking about Lytham, I saw it at Lytham in the 12 Open. I saw some, I saw someone try to run off with Bubba Watson's drive on one of the holes, and the entire spectating gallery basically in unison going, "Put it back!" Not unusual, is it? I feel like that might have been slightly different though, because I, I feel like that was someone being mischievous and trying to steal a golf ball, like as a memento. But this one with Nelly Corder just felt like idiocy, basically. No, no, it was definitely idiocy. I was, I, I saw it all unfold with my own eyes. It was stupid. It was stupidity on a grand scale. Absolutely, story. Tom Watson did win three senior opens. Just going to chuck that back in there. So, just as our rules experts, uh, for anyone that's listening that might know not know what happens, because I'm presuming that everyone that listens is a golfer. If you are walking up to your golf ball and you see someone else pick it up, what do the rules of golf tell you you must do in that situation? What are you doing to me? You're trying to put me on the spot. I know you know the answer. Come on. It's a good job. I do know the answer. Put it back. That's it. So you you put it back where to the closest point where you think it was. You put it back on its original spot if you don't know estimate. Okay. Essentially, ball's been moved by an outside influence. With no penalty. No penalty. No. A sensible rule of golf. I like that. You can get into some weird stuff there though. You know, like we we won't get into it, but. You know, if the ball's been taken by a spectator, but no one's seen it and you don't know it, then it gets then it can get a bit strange. But probably not something that's going to happen to any of our listeners. I've got my rule book here. A rule book here. I think it's. It, it, I don't think I know it's nine point six. That rule book is always within three feet of you, so you shouldn't sound surprised. Let me give you the official. All right. Let 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 it never be said that I don't do things comprehensively. <laughs> Go on then. If it is known or virtually certain that an outside influence, including another player in stroke play or another ball, lifted or moved a player's ball, there is no penalty and the ball must be replaced in its original spot, which, if not known, must be estimated. This applies whether or not the player's ball has been found. But if it is not known or virtually certain the ball was lifted or moved by an outside influence and the ball is lost, the player must take stroke and distance relief under Rule 18.2. So there we are for this edition of Rules Corner. Jack Nicholas did not win the Senior British Open. In fact, he only played in one and finished tied 14th. Greatest of all time, apparently. Yeah. Tigers won a Senior British Open. No, he hasn't. I'm just, I'm just doing the, this is the podcast for in 15 years. Just Jeez, getting okay. it in there now. 
you think Tiger's going to play in the on in the Champions Tour and in the senior majors? I very very much doubt that. That's all he's going to play. Do you think he's going to foldo it? Just disappear at fifty. What why what what else is there for him to do? Well, I mean, look, I, we've we've all spoken to Colin Montgomery, and every single time we speak to him, he still he still he says that the reason why he plays in these senior majors is because he has these competitive juices flowing, and he loves playing against the. Bernard Langers of the world and players that he played against in his prime and battled with in majors. Um, and he, he says he still loves beating them. And I, I just suspect that Tiger will have that same competitive edge when he gets to that age. It doesn't just disappear, does it? He plays about four times a year now. Yeah, but he would play more if he could. But he's, ne- but he's never, ever played 30 tournaments a year, has he? Or 25 tournaments a year. He's always been selective. Anyway... We could waste this podcast talking about whether Tiger's going to play the, ma- the senior majors. It would be a and it would be a really nice waste of time as well. Anyway, Jack Nicholas did not win. Let's move on. Should we talk about Liv? Because uh, I feel like a it's the biggest talking point in golf at the moment, and b we really are pretty close to just changing the name of this podcast to the Live Podcast. It feels inevitable now that some huge names are going to head over. Huge names have already signed, but what I mean is huge names who are still in their 20s, early 30s, or in their prime, shall I say, is probably the best way to put it. Matsuyama is obviously a, a name that's been linked. Uh, now there's talk of Jordan Spieth again after he completely dismissed it. I don't know why those rumours have resurfaced. Someone said Justin Thomas. I mean, that's just not happening, is it? Uh, there's obviously Cam Smith, who apparently is far more at ease with the... Um, with heading over to live now that he's exempt from the majors until 2027. Let's start with Henrik Stenson because that news has actually happened since we last recorded. Last week you called it a disaster or said it would be a disaster if Henrik Stenson left his Ryder Cup captaincy role to join live. Is that still how you feel about it? Yes. Do you want me to expand? I would love you to expand because that's listen I mean otherwise it's just really sh- otherwise I have to think well, of another I question. I sort of feel I'm I'm, I'm I'm approaching sort of peak live boredom, I'm afraid, which is, um, I mean, what's the only way we can basically make live more of a clown tour than it already is? Oh, we'll take it to one of Trump's golf courses. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's good, isn't it? I, I'm, yeah, yes, yes, it's bad news, but bad news for the Ryder Cup isn't particularly bad news for Henrik, is it? basically walking into a lot of money. Um, I'd have preferred the Ryder Cup to have been a, been a bit more on the ball and just released the new captain pretty much straight away. And then we could have moved on from Henrik immediately. Essentially, you'd be yesterday's person. We could start focusing on Luke Donald or Thomas Bjorn or Paul Laurie, whoever it is. Um, interestingly, Paul Laurie had some things to say, didn't he, about the Ryder Cup process, if you... Um, yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not. He doesn't shy away from that, does he? Fair play. Um, I, I quite like him. He, he, he calls a spade a spade. I really like that. Um, I, that's what I would have done if I'd been Ryder Cup Europe. I mean, this has been hanging on for a while now. It's been rumoured for quite some time, two or three weeks, that Stenson was going to go. I'd have struck while the iron was hot and basically said, this is our new captain. You don't want it. Off you go. Here's who we're focusing on. And instead, here we are not knowing what the progression is, the weeks start passing. I mean, the qualification is going to start in September, isn't it? Yes, does it start at the BMW PGA? Yeah, so get on with it. I do have some thoughts on 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 legacy in general, this idea. I, 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 do, I do dispute this idea that 
Stenson's legacy is forever tarnished by being the only person sacked to be the Ryder Cup captain because it depends on what your legacy is going to be like in the future anyway. I, th- I think legacy is important for the enormous figures of the game, your kind of jacks and your tigers. But if you go back through Opens, for example, go back 40 years, there are people who can do it, but start naming me Open winners. They, a lot of the time, they're just names on a page. Yeah. Um, unless you're an all-time great of the game, the reality is that even with social media and clips and YouTube and forever, once time starts to fade, it's only the Hagens and the Hogans that you really remember, isn't it? I mean, is Stenson an all-time great player? No. Sorry, Henrik. Um, I mean, he, he might be remembered for being the only person to be sacked as a Ryder Cup captain, but I doubt it. I doubt it. We'll move on with the rest of our lives. Um, yeah, I, I suspect it will be one of those things that hangs over him for a few years. But like you say, yeah. our, 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 our equivalent in 50, 60 years going to be talking about it? Of course or not. I mean, it was interesting what people were saying about the money. You know, the money that's available to Ryder Cup captains uh, after they finish their stint. I mean, I wonder how much that changes depending on whether you win or not. And am I being, am I being particularly pessimistic when I think that Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, um, defections aside, the USA team will still be way too strong for Europe in Rome. I've made my feelings clear on the Henrik Stenson thing. I, I and well, my my feelings are more towards Greg Norman and Live Golf. This, you know, I made it very clear that this isn't about getting Henrik Stenson the player because, like you say, is he a great player? No, of course he's not. It was a power move to get the Ryder Cup captain. They knew exactly what they were doing. So I think we can just banish all that nonsense about uh, growing the game that they've been spouting because you don't go and nick the Ryder Cup captain if you're all about growing the game. I did. I can't claim credit for this joke, but I did see a brilliant one on social media the other day that said that Henrik Stenson's missed so many cuts recently that he's the only player going to live to play more golf. You mentioned Luke Donald there and Paul Laurie and potential replacements. I think you and I are both in agreement that Donald is probably the man. I'm not entirely sure. We had this conversation perhaps last week on the podcast, but we're not entirely sure why Thomas Bjorn would take it on, given that he will be remembered as a very, very good captain and a victorious captain in Paris in 2018. So it sort of seems silly for him to take it on, um, because obviously if they go to Rome and get trounced, then that's going to tarnish that a little bit. Um, so is it is it Donald for you? Well, he wanted it, didn't he? He still seems to be very keen. So why not give him the opportunity? It's not like it's not like there's a huge cast list anymore, is it? I mean, Justin Rose will need him to qualify for that team. Let's be frank. Paul Laurie uh, clearly wants to do it. Thomas Bjorn would answer the call, I think, if asked yeah. to do it. Um, cool. It's interesting because I was at the Open listening to Thomas Bjorn. He was doing a Q&A and we wrote about it. There was a huge part about, um, obviously, 2003 and um, Royal St. George's and that bunker. And this is what I'm talking about with legacy, actually, because it suddenly occurred to me that I'd forgotten about Bjorn in the bunker in 2003 at St George's what I remembered beyond for maybe it was because it was more current but what I remembered him for was spearheading that Ryder Cup team at Paris I'd I'd almost forgotten about the fact that he'd basically had the open at his mercy and lost it so I mean that that shows you I think how time passes on things I'd, I'd give it to Donald I mean a calm head a calm influence at a tournament that's going to be interesting to say the least given 
especially I mean looking at the European team the sort of top half of it looks really really solid I then worry about what happens from sort of seven to twelve and the problem with one to six is you'd need all of those players to have just a lightning week um, but if they do then maybe Donald can do something really really special I've got, I, I, I want to say one more thing about Liv because I keep seeing the money thing come up and you can slate me for this on various social medias but this is just that this is just a thing that been carrying around in my head for three or four days and I'm not sure you can divorce professional golfers from money I think it's sort of a weird thing to um, to ask them to do that Um, because if you think about I was thinking about like from the very bottom tours on yeah how do we rank professional golfers we rank them by how much money they win you know whatever tour it is whether it's clutch I know I know they dress it up further up the further up the pyramid in terms of points and things like that but it's essentially how well you play in tournaments how much money you win um you know from the very bottom tours right up you know you get to the next stage by being the person that's won most money or won more money that might be tournaments victories that go into that but essentially it's a cash counting exercise and if your entire career has been based around how much money that you win isn't it a bit weird to then say you've got too much money or how much more money do you need? This is, is, do you not think there's like a psyche in there that makes these players just unable to look at pound signs in perhaps the same way or euros or dollars in the same way that we do? It's very easy for me to sit at home and sort of hammer Stenson for taking 40 million or whatever it was. But, you know, their entire purpose, their entire being is defined by performance relating to money one relates to tour status relates to and so on and so forth luke donald who obviously is someone we've been topical because of the Ryder cup who hasn't gone to live yet i mean his crowning achievement on his career other than getting to world number one is the fact that he won the money list on the pga tour and the european tour he's the first player to win it on both sides of the atlantic wasn't he you get a prize for winning the money list right win the money list Here's a load more money. Here's a big trophy for winning the money. I don't know if they still do that. Um, they certainly used to back in the day, didn't they? They used to get like a big trophy for winning the money list. And, and that that's, I mean, we can, yeah, I, I, there's, people will always throw the how much money do you need? Um, and I, and, you know, I sympathise with that argument. And, you know, what, but you don't just see it in golf, do you? You see it in every business known to humankind, you know, yeah. There never seems to be enough money for people to win. Uh, my, my principal problem with live golf at the moment is the golf's been boring. Yeah. The golf has been boring. The, the, the way that they've um, the way that they've shown it, the number of shots that they've shown has been really good. I see they fixed the leaderboard thing, but the golf hasn't been great. It hasn't it hasn't kept me at the edge of my seat. It hasn't been the sort of finishes that we've seen that we've seen even on tour this week, you know. Uh, never mind what Cam Smith did at the Open. It hasn't presented that, that excitement. It's two tournaments in, so there's there's a way. But you know, my my main feeling watching it is, yeah, it's on, it's free, but it's not particularly interesting. And the other thing that sort of strikes me about Liv is, I mean, it's just some of the stuff that they've got the players doing is just cringeworthingly bad. Do you see what they made them do for that David Fairty announcement? Yeah. I never ever. I'm sorry, Graham McDowell. I never ever want to hear you say "whoa" again, <laughs> ever. I mean, God Almighty, did, did someone not watch that back and go, "This is really, really like this is like blind, put my hands over my face, 
poke out my eyes with needles, never ever want to see again bad. I sort of feel like I, I watch those videos and I think Greg Norman must be the person signing these videos off because he's essentially an old man who isn't up to date with what's cool or and what's not. And I just think he must be the person looking at these and going, yeah, that looks that's a really cool look. Let's carry on with that. It's, I, yeah, completely agree. Just, it's, it's, what, it's, I mean, you shouldn't be watching a promo video. First of all, there shouldn't be a promo video for an announcer. Second of all, I shouldn't be watching that video through my fingers because it's so unbelievably cringe. It isn't what I live for, I can tell you that. Well, let's get on to Bedminster specifically, because I, I do think that Liv is starting to get to a tipping point now where uh, it's going to be increasingly hard to ignore who's moving there and I think Hideki uh, or Cameron I, I don't know if they're going or not time will tell but if those two either of those two or one of those two went to live then um, it starts to be you know the, the argument against live has been well all these players are washed up or the PGA Tour didn't like them anyway good riddance um, you start to get some of these players and it may it then begins to make a mockery of WGR and all that sort of stuff because suddenly I think you could say we I mean I think you can already say this but but people won't that the best players in the world aren't on these various places isn't it and and Bedminster um is getting that way isn't it um it has been a venue in the past um I think it was going to be a major venue wasn't it until Trump started doing some silly things it does feel to me that, I mean, Henrik Stenson aside, because Henrik, as you say, is just a disruption exercise in order to cause the European Tour embarrassment, in my opinion, anyway. But um, they are starting to put together a field, aren't they? They've not quite got there yet. But the more, I mean, if, if those players that are rumoured, if only half of them go over, it's a different story, isn't it? This is going to be my next point. So I completely agree with you that I... I mean, I again, I watch it because it's on on a Thursday and a Friday and it's on YouTube. So I can just sort of have it on my iPad while I'm doing some work or whatever, um, especially well, particularly the, the one on our time zone. Um, for me, it's it's just been a bit the, the players don't work for me. That will change if obviously all the big names start going over. Uh, the courses don't really do anything for me. I mean, Centurion's all right. Pumpkin Ridge didn't do anything for me at all. Trump Bedminster, which was the course that got stripped of the PGA Championship, so perhaps you know that that was going to be a P, that was going to be a major venue. So perhaps it will be a bit more interesting this week. Obviously, the field will be a bit better because they've signed up some players since. Yeah. Aren't they going to Doral as well? Yeah, I think that's the team championship at the very end, isn't it? Which was obviously, I mean, whether you liked it or not, it was obviously a PGA Tour, a long time PGA Tour venue as well. Um, yeah, I'm the same as you. I ju I've just found it a bit boring and I've just had it on because there's, it's been golf. It's free. It's on YouTube. So I've just had it on. And obviously, it's just sheer curiosity as to how it is. I don't like the shotgun start. I don't like the how it all finishes. I've made that very clear in the past. Uh, and, and again, exhibition golf is just, you know, outside of the Ryder Cup, which, you know, which we can probably put an asterisk next as an exhibition just because of the history and the rivalry. But exhibition golf doesn't really do anything for me. Players, you know, multimillionaires playing for multis, multi, how much on a word that multimillionaires playing for millions of dollars doesn't do it for me at all. Uh, you know, I, I don't care if someone is making a putt to earn an extra 1.2 million. Good for him. Well done. 
So I'm very much in the same camp as you about that. But if these big names carry on over, the Matsy Armas, the Cam Smiths, Adam Scott's rumoured, I'm absolutely not entertaining the idea that Spieth and Justin Thomas are going to go. But if the big names keep going and they start getting, you know, it starts, maybe if they do get granted world ranking points, I think that changes everything, really. Yeah, yeah. Just while we're on the Ryder Cup, I thought it was really interesting that John Rahm came out and said, this is absolutely ludicrous. Like, I mean, I... There's sort of a, a personal emotion in there because, I mean, he's a very emotional guy anyway. And there's obviously the personal emotion that he's essentially going to lose his playing partner in Sergio Garcia, with whom he's shared a very similar. I mean, I mean, they were the only shining light, really, of that thrashing at Whistling Straits. So I'm sure he's feeling quite emotional about it. But he's come out and said, look, the DP World Tour and this is ludicrous. I think he said this makes me angry, which is you know quite... I mean, Ron being angry is a pretty common thing, we think. But what do you think about I mean, what do you think about the Ryder Cup stuff? Do you think that they should just I mean, my I've made this very clear. The Ryder Cup should be the twelve best European players versus the twelve best American players, don't care what tour they play on. It's never been like that though, has it? I mean, you know, have a look at um when Jack Nicholas made his debut in the Ryder Cup. I think it was like sixty-nine. And the reason for that was he had to have been a member of the PGA for a certain number of years, if my memory serves me correctly. I mean, the tournament has always been about the two respective organisations, you know, the, the, the PGA of America and now the European Tour. So there's always been, as far as I can remember, um, qualification criteria that's been that's been needed to play in it's never ever been a free-for-all or heist jack nicholas would have made his debut way before he did i don't know i mean i suspect that it'll all be sorted out in the wash maybe not in time for rome but one of two things have got to happen haven't they they they've got to come to an agreement with live um the various organizations particularly if these rumored players jump then that it'll be even more imperative then that they that they do it or PIF are going to take their money away at some point and because they're not getting any return on investment and it's not achieving the aims for which they for which they hoped and I don't think either of those two things are going to come along particularly soon but we'll see I mean the the OWGR fight is an interesting one be very interesting to see what happens there I don't have any inside knowledge. I suspect it won't happen to start with. But then I suspect that the sheer number of top 50 players who are looking at live will be so great that actually it'll start making a mockery of the OWGR. Well, I think there's a, there's a if, if I've read this rightly, there's a 12 to 18 month application period anyway, isn't there? Is there? So it's, it's not some, you can't just start up a golf tour and go, I want world ranking points. I mean, it's like with anything like that, really, isn't it? You have to... I thought the uh, the Justin Rose thing was quite interesting. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend. He posted a picture of himself wearing a Team Europe Ryder Cup T-shirt, uh, drinking a coffee in what was presumably his garden, just saying, and it just said, if Carlsberg did Sunday mornings. Now, the sort of ways you can read that, isn't there? It's like, is this uh, two fingers up at Liv? Is he saying, I'm definitely not joining Liv. I just want to play Ryder Cup. I love it so much. Is he sticking two fingers up at his old mate, Henrik Stenson, with whom he shared, again, like Rahm and Sergio, Rose and Stenson have been absolutely brilliant in the uh, Ryder Cup the last few, uh, certainly 14, 16 and 18. 
so how did you read that picture? There were a couple, sort of a couple of ways you can read it. And I've sort of read it as he's sticking two fingers up, but then I'm a bit mischievous like that. So it was just a guy wearing a Ryder Cup t-shirt in his garden drinking a coffee. <laughs> I can always rely on you to just play it straight down the line. No. Might get his captaincy a bit earlier. Well, yeah, I don't think he'll do it next year, will he? We need him to play for starters. Who was the last play? Who was the last playing captain? There's a quiz question for you. The last playing captain. Uh, I'm gonna say Arnold Palmer. I don't know the answer, by the way. I think oh. it's Arnold Palmer. I think. I'll look it up for later. Answers on a tweet. Answers on Twitter. I think I've had enough. I've had enough talking about Lib. I'm actually. I I am interested to watch it this week simply because we've got those. It's it's going to be a better field than it has been so far. Um, it's on what is obviously a well-respected golf course, despite who owns it. And also, I just think that the, the Trump factor just adds a certain extra element to it. I think it's going to be he's definitely going to show up and make it about himself, which is a reason why the Open hasn't gone back to Turnbury, because the RNA, for the same reason, they didn't invite Greg Norman last week to their champions dinner. They don't want the focus being taken away from the championship, which Donald Trump absolutely 100% would. And I'm interested to see if he'll do it this weekend. I'd be surprised if it wasn't a rally. Or there wasn't one nearby, but we'll soon see, won't we? Okay. well, if you have any answers to those quiz questions that we saw throughout there in the middle of all that, please get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media you use. And we'll be back next week with hopefully more people. Thanks, Steve. Cheers.